Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We are talking about uh, Career and Technical Education Month again here as we're wrapping up the month. Uh, but we're talking a little bit about the importance of flexibility within that. And when we're talking about flexibility, what exactly are we talking about, Zahi? Well, we, we define flexibility uh, in various ways, depending on what we're trying to achieve. But I think uh, I would define it from the perspective of how can we serve the vast majority of students we see, especially in two-year colleges, but also across the board in higher education, which are the part-time students. How can we move from a Monday through Thursday uh, early to uh, morning to uh, midday type classes to filling the whole uh, hours of the day, well, maybe not two in the morning, but you get the sense of what I'm trying to, to say and across the week so we can be accessible to as many students who are working, taking care of families, or whatever else we, uh, we're dealing with. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about before, and, you know, we just looked at a survey where you look at African-American students, you know, in your, your traditional population, that they are, are dealing with, you know, things like taking care of family, uh, taking care of young ones, working at a higher rate than other students. And, you know, then you think about this in the non-traditional population as well. And it, it's something that we just talked about here, you know, recently in, in our past episodes where if you're a non-traditional student, you know, say you're a 35-year-old that's gone back to school, you're probably going to be dealing with some of those same issues where you're raising a family, you're a full-time worker, and the idea of having classes only available, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 in the morning may not work for you uh, if you're that full-time employee. You have bills to pay. So dropping out of life to go to college may not be a realistic option. That's an excellent way to, uh, to pose the problem uh, because we have to consider the fact that we've also had a significant decline in the traditional age going students, as we've talked about on numerous occasions here. Uh, Yelman Cliff that we've seen nationally and, uh, you know, we're not exempt from it. So we have to rethink the availability and the type of student that we have. Fewer and fewer of those students are going to be the full-time student. Despite the fact that you have federal financial aid, it's not enough. You know, and there are, uh, in looking at iPads reports, you can see that the number of institutions award students this much, but the cost of instruction is significantly larger. So uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that there's anything nefarious. It's the cost of instruction. However, that means that the student has to work. There is no safety uh, net around that student. So I, I genuinely think that flexibility is going to be a key component of serving students, but also uh, doing more for our economic development and workforce development missions that, that we strive for, in addition to um, more equity 
in higher education in general. Do you agree with that? Uh, do you see it the same way? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of the reason we're talking about this specifically in the lens of career and technical education is at the two-year level, a lot of the students that you see that are, are coming back that are those non-traditional students tend to go into the career and technical fields uh, because that is a often a, a very quick way to change your career and, and get out into the workforce. Uh, you do see some that are, are transfer students that will then go on and earn a four-year degree, but they want to get out into the workforce. Um, you know, some programs like nursing, for example, almost prefers the non-traditional students because in, in a lot of cases, they seem to be more ready for a program like that than traditional age students. So making sure that you have that flexibility there um, is really, really important. And, you know, again, it's it's really easy to think about things in the lens of that traditional you know, you finished high school, now you go to college, and that's what we've all been used to. But colleges all over the country, as you mentioned, with the enrollment cliff, have to look at other ways to get different students. And the biggest population and the hardest population to capture is that non-traditional student. Um, you know, you, you have another thing, too, like incumbent worker training, uh, where you are dealing with people that are employed full-time that are getting a class here or there and they're not degree-seeking students but you know here again if you're going to ask them to you know take this class about human resources for example asking them to come at at 10 o'clock in the morning uh monday through thursday may not be a, a realistic solution for them the, 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 I think you defined the, the crux of the matter really well. And, and, and if the solution is going to be online, asynchronous instruction, I'm not even convinced that it's going to resolve. It's not the, the silver bullet that's going to resolve all of our concerns. We have dabbled with a variety of different uh, methods over the years. Uh, the learn and earn apprenticeship type model where you're working, you're earning uh, a wage. and Part of uh, your schedule of work is education, is another way to do it. So it could be in the middle of the day while you're working because that's how that apprenticeship uh, is built. But those things aren't available everywhere and they're not in every field. Moreover, they are specific. So if, if you're learning construction or you're in a construction trade, the learning is going to be specific to that. It's not going to be your additional course that HR class that you're to, so on and so forth. So, but there are lots of learnings that we can take from those models that we can apply, especially when it comes to the type of student and the type of support uh, services that that student needs and the type of modalities of instruction that would be most effective for them. Yeah, and you know, you think about modalities and, and online is sort of the first that comes to mind that, you know, oh, if you want to take this class and it works for you to take it at 11 o'clock at night because you're home, the kids are asleep and you have time, 
that's great, but that doesn't work for everybody. And um, it can work well, but you and I both know too, there have been a lot of online classes that, you know, are, are just sort of stuff has been shoveled online rather than there's been a real intentional move to make this a good, high quality, engaging online class. You're so right. You're so right. It's in so many instances, it's back to 1995 and the first days of online education. Um, despite the fact that it's 30 years later, none of the learnings, none of the opportunities that uh, where we've acquired uh, additional skills uh, shows itself uh, in those classes. Now, this sounds like a blanket statement, and it's not true for every um, every place. However, it's not the silver bullet that the students are necessarily looking for. Absolutely. So. We on this week's episode have been talking about career and technical education and flexibility, uh, career and technical education month specifically and flexibility. Uh, coming up here, we're going to talk a little bit about more about what flexibility means and then also some of the other things that we have to think about when we talk about flexibility in higher education beyond just classroom and academics, but other things that go into that. So. Uh, you'll definitely want to tune into those uh, episodes here as they come up as well. If you like programs like Let's Talk Ed and you're watching us here on YouTube, be sure and subscribe. Ring that bell down below so you get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can also find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.